Aloha, all you money makers out there. This is Indar, and I'm your Hawaii money guy. And we got a fun podcast today. We're going to talk about some pros and cons of long term rentals, mid term rentals, and some short term rentals, and see what you guys think and some of the things to look out for. So let's dive on into it. Let's have some fun. Talk about rentals. I love talking about rentals. So let's do it. Just before we get started, I'd love it if you guys could subscribe below and that way we can reach more people and just help people make their money work for them in any different way we can. Thank you guys and let's get started in today's content. First, let's dive into short-term rentals. Why are short-term rentals good? What's some of the pros and what's some of the cons to look out for? And this is a really touchy subject I think you should be ready for because short-term rentals, a lot can happen in a long-term span. Because now think about it, you're buying these properties not for a short-term period, you're buying these rentals for a long-term period. And what will happen in a few years, three to four, five years? So one of the biggest things that we look at when we buy a short-term rental is what can happen? What is our worst case? What is our cons? But first of all, uh, we all know the pros of short-term rentals. Short-term rentals, Airbnbs, VRBOs, um, B, um, uh, VRBO, HomeAway, Hotels.com, TripAdvisor, we're on all these different channels. They are very lucrative. Obviously, we can get the most dollar for, uh, for that unit, for that particular rental. We can get the most out of that unit most of the time with, with short-term rentals because we can take a space and really utilize it and utilize it like a hotel. So we all know the pros of it. Of course, we can get the most money compared to midterm and long-term rentals. Um, so that's huge, and especially here in Hawaii, the demand is very huge for it. You know, we don't have enough hotels, enough space for it in general. But what are the cons? The cons is what I always like to dive into any deal I look at. And some of the big cons can be, it just happened here in Hawaii a few years ago, they really cracked down on the legality of having a short-term rental. So a ton of people had short-term rentals across the state and houses and different places around the island where they're, you know, it's their second income, my mom included. We were offsetting your income by having, renting out your bottom room or your side Ohana unit, whatever it may be. You're offsetting your, your income to make a little side money, you know, to live here in Hawaii. Not a cheap place to live. So they shut down on that and a lot of people got hurt with that. So... If you're ever analyzing a short-term rental, understand and make sure that it won't get shut down in your community or years to come. You know, look at your uh, your county or look at your state and see how they feel about short-term rentals. And that's a huge thing, especially when you're in other states too, because there's a lot of other states that are doing the same thing right now. They're cracking down on the Airbnbs. They're cracking down on allowing them or they're preventing them or they're trying to raise taxes, whatever it may be. So this is a huge thing to understand. Uh, right now in Hawaii, they're still trying to crack it down. They're really trying to make it harder and harder. There's some crazy bills that just got passed, uh, not got passed, they're trying to pass. Like there was a bill I've seen, they're trying to raise it up to 38% taxes. Wouldn't that hurt your Airbnb? That'd be a huge hit to Airbnbs. There's another one they're trying to pass where they're trying to make the hotels, you can have an Airbnb, but you had to book only through the hotels. So we all know who's trying to change these laws. It's kind of blatant here in Hawaii. You know, the hotel industry has such a stronghold onto our political environment here. So 
but you got to re be ready for that. You got to be ready for that repercussions if those laws do happen or can happen. You know, what will happen with that Airbnb now if you don't have plan B? And this is the most important part. When we analyze, I had 16 Airbnbs in uh, Ohio and they worked well as Airbnbs, amazing as Airbnbs. They worked off a 2% rule, which is a good rule to use for Airbnbs. Um, but what if they shut down or they couldn't do Airbnbs, would they still rent as a single family long-term rental? And the answer was yes in the in Ohio properties. Um, so it's nice to know you have a plan B when you're recognizing this. But uh, there's a lot of cons with Airbnbs. It's high risk, you know, high reward kind of thing. So, you know, if you're, it can be heavily regulated as we're talking about. Um, it's a kind of a, Every industry, you're going to be fighting the hotel industry. You're going to be fighting, you know, the the state and so forth. I mean, I I get the pros of it. You're providing housing. You're providing more places to live and stay. But now you're taken away from that hotel's company, you know. So you're trying to lobby and fight against them. Um, you got to check if that market is oversaturated with Airbnbs. You know, it's really important to make sure you know what you can uh, you know where that direction of Airbnbs are going. I, I, I keep saying Airbnbs, but I, you know, VRB and all the other sites. But make sure you know the direction of that market and where is it going. And Waikiki is a great example. They're shutting down. They're trying to regulate, trying to control. So make sure you know what market and direction, you know, that's going to go, because you do not want to be stuck. Uh, you know, with uh, B&B that you can't B&B it and it doesn't work as a single family rental, short term, uh, a long term rental. So understanding that is, you know, be careful. So if they, it should work as a 1% and a 2% rule, basically, that's a quick rule to thumb. 1% rule for short, long term rentals, 2% rule for uh, long, uh, for Airbnbs. And the 2% rule just means that whatever income you make, Say you have it for two hundred thousand, you should make four grand a month gross for that Airbnb to to really do well and produce money. Um, so I can go on and on and talk about Airbnbs, but let's uh, dive into some of the other ones. Real hot topic right now is midterm rentals. We have a few ourselves, and I we just bought an oh got under contract another one that we're gonna do midterm rentals with. And the cool thing about midterm rentals, it's kind of a cross in between. It's great for that traveling nurse. It's great for that construction worker uh, that's flown, flown over here part-time to do work or, um, you know, that short kind of term stay of a place. Um, we've had some where they were short term and they ended up staying there for a whole year. So the, the short term stuff, midterm stuff could last a lot longer. And what you're doing is you're furnishing the place, you're providing you know, over turnkey style for somebody just to come stay for a short time. So it's like an Airbnb, but you're just providing a 30 night or more stay. And the reason you do that is just one, you're not allowed to Airbnb it. So you're doing the next best option, which is now doing a 30 day minimum stay. And um, you're providing a, just a turnkey place again for people to stay. And it's just you know, a great way to offset and make a little more money out of the place compared to, you know, the the lowest one of, uh, you know, long-term rental, you know, so 
midterm rentals was probably going to make your medium amount. Sometimes you can even equal out to what you can make on an Airbnb. Um, less wear and tear on a midterm rental. You know, the Airbnb, you're going to have a pretty high wear and tear, a lot of, uh, you know, demand uh, for all the people coming. They're going to beat up your place. And um, that's something you really have to take into consideration. And the management of an Airbnb is very, you know, intense, of course. You got to deal with the guests calling you, checking in, how to find the keys. Um, you know, I get the weird guests once in a while to call me. We have so many things in place to prevent them from getting to me, but sometimes they find my number and they get to me. An example, I think last night, we have a, a check in instructions, pictures, and automated setups to send to them. Even our our person is also communicating with them how to find the keys and everything. They still call me and they can't find the keys. Like, did you check the app? No, I can't get into the app. Did you check my message? No, I didn't check my. And it's like, well, let's open your app. Let's open the messages. Um, you know, how did you get my phone number? Blah, blah, blah. But you have to then walk them through. Oh, okay, it's right there. You know, uh, you wouldn't believe, but you're going to get it. And then, <laughs> you know, you have to be nice because now you have reviews. So, um, you know, this this Airbnb system is very intense in, in management, of course. So you have to be ready for that. Um, midterm rentals, more it's more of like a long-term rental where it's less management. But, you know, the turnover is now a little greater than a long-term rental. You know, you're going to have a turnover every two, three, four, five, six months. Um, so you're going to have more of a turnover. And often on turnovers, you're going to have to clean it, fix it, paint it, whatever it may be, or not, you know, depending on your guest or your, or your unit. Um, and um, you can make a lot more. We have we have a, one that we just did in Waikiki a, f a couple months back that was not a um, legal Airbnb. So we did it a midterm rental. There's no parking. And um, we were able to, you know, fill it up with uh, some traveling nurses, uh, two bedroom, and make more than enough to cover our costs and make it a profitable rental. It wouldn't rent well as a single f uh, short term, uh, long term rental, excuse me, and we couldn't Airbnb it. So it's a great opportunity to make a rental work when uh, others won't. Um, and we're buying one right now that do the same thing. So it, they can work as long as you, um, you know, give them experience. You're also trying to create it like an Airbnb style as well. Um, and, and make it work. So very popular for the traveling nurses, the college students who may be here short time for summer whatever it may be um and then the last one is of course long-term rentals so you know long-term rentals are the safe true you know true and blue i do recommend long-term rentals if you can match the incomes um, or sometimes if you want less of a headache you know less of a management issue you do want a long-term you want a nice two-year tenant two-year lease that's the ideal long-term tenant so you want a nice long-term rental that will last for years to come. Um, and those are great because um, uh, you don't really have to worry. You know, you're not you're making sure that if you're managing yourself, you're making sure the checks are you know, getting paid every you know, first of the month. That's when you have to go to work and make sure they're paying. Um, if you have Section 8, you're just basically checking the bank account. You know, so. Long-term rentals, obviously, you can you make less, but the the risk, the you know the the oversight is very easy. You know, I won't say very easy, but it's very minimal to to how much 
uh, time and energy you need to put into it compared to an Airbnb where you're constantly uh, having to manage it in, even if you have a manager and even if you have a cleaner and a crew it still will just be more cumbersome to you even if you have all of that in place um, and I speak from experience because we have each one of those and um, even with the Airbnbs we have a, we have managers we have cleaners we have people managing it and it's still uh, more cumbersome to manage with, uh, you know, um, you know, things happening. You name it, things happen more so. You know, just people are coming and going, and people are people. Um, you know, we're now running into the problem where we have so many Airbnbs that um, it's hard to stay with great reviews because when you have volume, it's just something's gonna happen, and and it's often it's the stupidest littlest thing and it, it becomes the you know end of the world for somebody um here in hawaii we have we have ants and we have cockroaches uh we had some ants just the little guys the little uh sugar ants we call them and that was the end of the world for somebody and i get it mainland people are not used to that um but at one of our airbnbs it's in like more of a tropical setting it's you know ground floor unit you know it's just right in kind of the midst of the, the jungle and and we're gonna have bugs we're gonna have ants and uh you know it's a huge thing for you know a mainland person who's not used to that you know of course um so just judging all of them you know airbnb you make the most midterm second most and long term you make the third most but the how much time and energy do you want to spend in all to that especially if you're working a full-time job you have a normal life you have kids and family you know, they come, they become, you know, a full-time job. So once you, once you get a couple of them or more, you know, it becomes a full-time job. And just to clarify, we have, uh, I think, six Airbnbs, three, two or three midterm, three, three midterm rentals. Uh, we sold our 16 Airbnbs in Ohio. And then uh, we have a ton of, uh, ton of rentals, single-family rentals and, and so forth. So, um just to let you know, I would rather have a two-year tenant that is paying close to something I possibly could make with Airbnb than to having to have to Airbnb. And midterm rentals, too. Midterm rentals are actually not too bad so far. I mean, we only have three of them, but they are pretty well to... They're mostly... The midterm rentals are good because they're working-class professionals and they're going to, you know... Basically work all day and show up to sleep at night and they're never there uh, So they're just here to work or to do whatever job or task they're here So they're not really one abusing the place too much um, or two they're they're not as um, uh, Heavily, at, you know using the house compared to uh, a B&B where you know they'll, they'll sneak a party in here and there or they'll have guests over or they're, you know, they're hanging out at the place, you know, a lot more. So what's the pros and cons? You know, it's to each his own, but um, we, we, um, we try and put as much as checks in place and everything to make sure you, you're managing them very well, you know, and all the different things you have, you definitely want to have, uh, you know, somebody overseeing project manager, uh, property manager, or a, um, a maintenance guy, a handyman around for any of these kind of things. And um, 
a big thing that a lot of people don't recognize in this rental world of, of single family homes is it can be great for a year or two years. Um, and then next year you get, you know, a, a septic tank. We had, you know, a break and $20,000 to fix that or a roof, you know, another 10 grand to do a roof. So, you know, making sure that these, you know, things are adjusted for and you're ready for or have, um, you know, some kind of uh, um, a rainy day fund for all of that kind of stuff. We call it a war chest. So and all these different types of rentals, we have a war chest. We, we, we have money that just sits in account for these houses to, you know, live on their own, to really live and breathe on their own. So I wouldn't suggest, you know, just getting, you know, five or ten and thinking you're just going to retire off of that, you know, because, you know, one thing breaks and, you know, you can be uh, shit out of luck. So, um, very good to get them and have them. And the tax incentives are great, but I would lean towards midterm rentals right now. <laughs> so, try them all. I just want to take a quick second. And if you're enjoying our content, please subscribe below. I love it if you guys can leave us a review or a comment or let me know what you guys thought. I love honest feedback and I love hearing what you guys think. So for the investor highlight of the week, we have a question and um, the question was, how do I analyze what type of rental I should turn turn my property into? Uh, this is from Nelson. So how do you analyze what type? Well, first you gotta recognize if you're zoned for it, if you're allowed to do Airbnbs, of course, you gotta recognize that right off the bat. Does your uh, community allow it? Does your uh, zoning allow for it? And then the next thing, if you're in a condo or an apartment building, the association also has to allow for it. So even though if you're zoned, for example, Waikiki is zoned for hotel industry, but there's probably only 20 um, uh, allowed buildings that you can do Airbnb in. So just because you're zoned for it, you still have to have your uh, association allowed for it too so the board has to allow for it and uh, I know a couple buildings actually that got shut down uh, because they had too much owners in the building and they don't want they don't want the Airbnbs so uh, make sure <laughs> it's zoned for that and if not if it's only a 30-day rental but you're in a like touristy zone if you're in by an airport or by schools you know then you can try the midterm rentals and then um, you know, the last, of course, long-term rentals is your last kind of shot at it all. So, um, understand that, yeah. Um, next part is, we have a event coming up with Alex Camacho, so super excited to be there. So, Alex is having a DealMaker Mastermind on March 27th to the 31st. Uh, there's only allowed 15 people, so come check out his event, um, promote him, of course, he's my good buddy. and. Um, we're going to be speaking over there. I think we're going to have my buddy Jay speak over there too. Um, super, you know, cool to be able to hang out with him at his event. Uh, we do have some new deals that just came up in the pipeline. Actually, I have a new deal too locked up yesterday, but I think we already got an investor to invest uh, on it. So, you know, check our portal out. Um, we have some other deals that uh, we'd love to get you guys involved in. And we have some new fun kind of deals coming up possibly some things where we'll work with you guys. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, and please check out our Instagram, Indar Hawaii, comment and message on there. I love the comments and uh, even the YouTube stuff. 
YouTube's great. So the YouTube short, check out that. Indar Hawaii, Indar Hawaii, and all the platforms. Thank you guys for subscribing and listening, and stay tuned for the next uh, podcast. Let's do it. Have a great day. Aloha.